everyone. My name is Rick, Rick Tremrugen from Neo4j, and here I am uh, recording another epi- episode for our Graphistania podcast. And today I have, uh, well, should I say a fellow Flemish countryman? I'm not sure really. Uh, there is a little bit of history there, right? Uh, I've got Nicholas Sars on the on the on the phone here. Hey, Rick, how are you? Denmark, right, Nicholas? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I got a bit of family in Belgium, exactly. actually. Belgian citizen, is citizenship even. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now I'm wow, from wow, wow. here in Denmark. So. <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> Niklas, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? You know, what do you do and what's your relationship to the wonderful world of graphs? Yeah, so uh, I'm an, primarily an iOS developer. been developing iOS applications since 2008 released about 40 of them, usually working as a consultant. consultant. And uh, yeah, I got into graphs back in 2011, when I was doing a, a, a lot of backend development, um, also uh, with Java. I've been working with databases more or less all my life. And uh, yeah, at the time we were working with MySQL databases. so. Uh, so, and we wanted to explore how uh, how could we make more interesting queries uh, for, uh, that could give benefits to our users. So, uh, so I went to uh, go to uh, Aarhus, which is a conference that was at Satine in Aarhus, uh, and there was uh, I was to uh, I attended a workshop with uh, Jess Humble and Ian Robinson uh, about Neo4j, and this was all. Pre-Cypher, we were uh, working with this uh, data set they have about Doctor Who, and it was all very interesting and yeah, it was lots of fun. It made it really clicked with me. It really, like made really good sense. So in using Neo 4 j a lot in small projects after that, and uh, and uh, yeah, about in 2015, I decided that uh, I wanted to combine. Uh, my, this uh, interest in, in uh, graph database and uh, iOS development a bit more uh, because at the time uh, Swift, uh, like Swift had been announced in 2014, it was all new and shiny, it was very interesting. It's being open sourced, it's going to uh, to go server side, and and uh, yeah, it's like there was uh, this uh, there were drivers for MySQL and Postgres, you know. The regular gang. There's no uh, Neo4j driver there, and think, well, this sounds like a good fun hole to fill. So I looked around if someone had done anything like this, and I came across this project called Theo, and uh, it looked a bit abandoned. It had been originally developed by uh, Corey Wiles for Graph Story, and uh, he uh, and, and he had been working on it for Swift version two at. When I picked it up, Swift so three had been out a little while, and uh, it and uh, I so I looked at it, looked elsewhere, and just before I started writing it, uh, something like that on my own, I saw that oh, it started converting into Swift three. So I figured I'll join that, help him out, and uh, joined and worked together with him on releasing Theo three which was basically updating the, uh, Theo to. Uh, work with Swift 3. Wow, that's quite a journey already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and then, but you've expanded that work a little bit by by now providing a, a full uh, Neo4j client on iOS, right? Yeah. So from 3.0, uh, talked with Michael Hunger uh, about it. He was asked if it also bolt support, and uh, no, we were just using REST at the time. But I thought, like, yeah, that's an interesting challenge. So for 3.1, we implemented bolt support and improved that a bit for 3.2. And uh, as of last week, Theo 4.0 was released. And that has, um, instead of you dealing with uh, just Cypher and uh, parsing that, uh, the results you get back uh, on, your, on your own, like via Bolt on your own, it has lots and lots of different convenience methods. Uh, like you can still, of course, write your Cypher. Uh, but it gives you good support in actually parsing the data you get back, so it's very easy to use as a Swift developer. And, uh, to, and as part of that work of making Theo 4.0, uh, I decided to, uh, I wanted to explore what does a, uh, a Neo4j browser look like on the iPhone? What's a native Neo4j browser? And that work turned into GraphGopher that also was released last week, which is a Neo4j browser for the iPhone. I saw it, you know, it's quite, quite impressive. You did a good job there and uh, <laughs> we will definitely put some links on the, on the, on the transcription because uh, that seems like something might, people might want to, want to use a little bit, like for editing the graph and stuff like that. It's really, really easy, right? Yeah, uh, so I use it a lot myself. It's actually my primary interface to the, the graphs at the moment, uh, which surprised me a little bit because it's like, we, we have all this power with the, with the browser, but just the convenience of having it in your hands, having it with you, makes like when, you, when I think of, ah, I'd like to quickly enter this or add a relationship, add some notes, edit some notes, uh, uh, look something up with, uh, when I'm just in the living room or coming out of the shower or whatever, uh, eating breakfast. Uh, it's just so con convenient to have to have this uh, connection to your graph database with you. It's uh, just a few taps away. That's um, yeah. So <laughs> I use it a lot myself. I can, I can and, see that. Uh, yeah. On, so yeah. Fantastic. So so tell me, tell us a little bit about you know why you've been you know doing this work. You know how. What in general, you know, why do you think it's interesting? Sorry, I think we broke up a little bit. Could you repeat the question? Of course I can. Yeah, no, um, I'm just wondering, you know, why did you get into uh, graph databases and, you know, what's the, uh, well, what's the attraction there? Why do you think it's uh, so relevant these days? So, uh, mainly, uh, mainly about the relationships, uh, <laughs> because, uh, because, as I said, like, we were, at the time I dove into it, we were using MySQL a lot, I've been using all kinds of relationship, relational databases before that. And uh, yeah, relational is an interesting word, right? Because it's, the relationship doesn't really, isn't really strong there. Um, whereas uh, the, the part where I can uh, uh, really easily query, uh, quickly query, uh, where I can put properties on relationships, that's, uh, that fits so well with how I'm thinking about queries, how I want to express queries, like I was having all these join tables in the middle to try to express this in a relational database. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, 
that is my main attraction to it. Just and uh, and the performance when I'm using when I'm using it is really good. And uh, seeing the data, how it actually lives together, like uh, as kind of as a cluster, as a group, rather than uh, in spread over different tables. It's, mm -hmm. Uh, it's like it's like you know it's making the relationships like a, like an equal citizen, right? It's uh, relationships are as important as the entities themselves. Uh, that, that, that That's kind of the summary, isn't it? Yeah. Very cool. And then are there specific use cases where you think that this is really relevant, or you know, are there specific types of uh, of, of domains where you think that this is most relevant for you? I'm having a bit of trouble with that question because it's 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 rather worse. It's not relevant <laughs> because uh, I haven't really been in many settings where I now rather would have a have a relational database instead of a, a graph database. There, it's uh, so uh, so. It's more if I'm if if I'm if I'm going for something that where I just need to look up one thing and always only need to look up one thing, I'll perhaps use a key value store instead. So it's more like, am I going to use a key value store or am I going to use a graph database? Um, I get that. I get that completely. Yeah. So I mean, if, if if the domain is not very connected, then why would you why would you even consider uh, you know uh, like a, like a relational database? You you might as well use a, a key value store or a document store. But if it is very connected, then why would you, why wouldn't you use a graph, right? Exactly. So it's it's kind of like that that evaluation, I suppose. Yeah, and now it's like uh, with uh, with uh, uh, GraphCoper, I think it's so easy to have access to this, uh, like have it with, with you and uh, uh, be able to easily add nodes, uh, query, uh, uh, like follow these relationships, uh, uh, easily edit uh, or add relationships as uh, as you think of them. Like it's uh, it's 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 so good to be able to say, go in and say, okay, well. Actually, I want to have this relationship and uh, work a bit with that, and then perhaps getting back to your computer later on to flesh that model fully out. Um, uh, to that makes to, a lot of to sense. Over a lot of more nodes, but just to uh, if if you will prototype over uh, over a few nodes, and as, yeah. and but at the same time you have a full cipher editor there, so you can run any cipher you like. Mm -hmm. So Nicholas, you know, let's talk a little bit about the future. You know, what 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 are your plans for both the uh, the Theo project, uh, the Gopher project, and uh, you know, for, for for graphs in general? You know, how do you kind of, what what does the future hold for you? <laughs> the future holds a lot of new software development. <laughs> Spoken as a software developer, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That's so a good thing. For... <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, it's good fun uh, for. For Theo, uh, we're now at version 4, which very conveniently aligns with Swift 4, and version 3 aligns with Swift 3, so I'm kind of expecting us to keep this trend when having a Theo 5 follow, uh, follow Swift 5. Um, there has been a lot of talk about uh, how to work with concurrency uh, in Swift, and uh, uh, Chris Latter uh, earlier this year put forth a document saying how he envisions this going forward. 
And so uh, the concurrency model we're using, uh, what we're using in Theo right now, is that when you make a request, you uh, get the result back, which is either the values you asked for or an error. And uh, so this result type uh, style of querying will probably uh, change along with the changing uh, um, uh, so this result set style of um, sorry, I'm going to uh, this uh, result set that you're getting back is probably going to change a bit as we're getting async await into Swift, and uh, uh, so I'm kind of hoping that will go, in, go into Swift five. So that's kind of an, a change I'm expecting for Theo five. Mm -hmm. uh, for graph gopher, it uh, it really depends on uh, on how it's received like at the moment. People seem to like it, so that's cool. Uh, so, get listening to user feedback, seeing uh, seeing what uh, where 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 it'll go from that. Uh, mm -hmm. What based on what feedback I'm getting, I. Uh, it is at the moment primarily made for the iPhone. I'm having some great ideas for how a, a, a graph client could be uh, for the iPad uh, because I think you can uh, the iPad as a tool is quite different from the iPhone as a tool or the kind of task you do for that. Uh, um, Theo is of course made also for the Mac and Apple TV and Linux. And uh, uh, and I'd love to explore some for the Apple TV. I'm very probably going to explore a uh, Mac client. Oh well. Wow. Uh, so no promises here. It's just what I'm <laughs> hoping to be exploring. Yeah. And uh, and one piece of work that I'm uh, that uh, uh, that I am very actively working on at the moment is for Theo and the server side. So it already runs fine on Linux, and uh, there are all these great uh, server uh, web frameworks. Um, and uh, one of them, uh, Vapor, which probably by now is the most popular one, uh, has uh, kind of an ORM uh, that where I'm uh, building, uh, where I'm building a uh, bindings, if you will, between Theo and that ORM, so that it, so that using Neo4j on the server with Swift uh, it feels very natural, just like you would with any other data source. Now, if only that would also exist for Android. <laughs> uh, well, you, you guys, uh, like, Neo is full of Java developers, right? I'm sure uh, I would be duplicating any effort if I was doing this. So, yeah, I'm dipping in from, from, my, from the iOS side here. Got it, absolutely. But, That's great. But any, any work that that uh, would be done in Android, like I'd be super happy to look at and uh, and discuss a bit back and forth how this uh, how this could be done in iOS or what like what learnings we have from between the projects to make sure the drivers are are really as good as they can be. And I would like to add that uh, we already do, right? Uh, having a, a very good uh, chat with uh, Nigel from the drivers team and uh, and uh, this uh, a community effort going on there to make sure that everyone knows what's going on, what's coming up, uh, and get to chat about good experiences on different drivers. So there's already a lot of that going on. Great, Niklas, thank you so much for uh, explaining that. And uh, I will put a bunch of links to uh, to some of your work in the transcription of the podcast. 
it's been really great of you to to come online and, and share all of that and uh, uh, I, I just wish you a lot of, uh, of programming fun and development fun with uh, Neo4j in the upcoming months and I look forward to hearing more about it. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you, Reed. Class. Bye. Thanks.